Here we go. Let's go, Porch. How we doing tonight? Come on. Hey, I want to welcome you in this place. Also, our Porch Live locations tuning in tonight. The Porch Live Scottsdale, Boise, Greater Lafayette, Indiana, Indianapolis, Midland, Texas, Austin, uh, man, a host, host of more. Like, man, there's tons of live locations. And then those of you jumping in online, welcome. And then finally, my friends in this room, let's go, Dallas. Come on. Our team, uh, our porch staff team took to the porch social uh, Instagram stories yesterday. There we go. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, but we proposed some hot topics. And uh, anybody, anybody see that? Yeah, okay, oh wow, okay, yeah. So we just proposed some questions, some hot topics, and we just basically said, hey, is, is blank a sin? Is blank a sin? And we just filled the blank in with a lot of different hot topics in our culture. And, and, uh, and so, man, we got a lot of responses. Like y'all were, y'all were vocal. Like you let, there's some pastors in this room now. Like there's some people and I love it. Like, it, man, we, it was overwhelming, but it was good. Like we got a bunch of different responses. Yes, no, well, it just depends. The timing, what's involved, a lot of nuance, right? And so we just thought, hey, what if we opened up and, and just let you guys speak, right? Like you guys just share what you think is a sin. Um, we talked about this idea of gray areas, like is, you know, this, the gray areas of like where the Bible might not be as explicit, is this a sin or not? And so we just said, hey, what if we just propose some questions tonight, maybe run back to that Instagram, those Instagram stories and uh, just propose some questions for you to be able to answer. So this is what we're gonna do, okay? It's like, this is no judgment, judgment-free zone, okay? Like I know some of you, like you're just waiting, like I cannot believe you think that's a sin. Oh my gosh, I'm ready right now. I'm ready to strike you. Wait, we need to have a conversation. We need to think, and it ain't none of that, okay? So we need 100% audience participation. So I'm gonna propose some questions, and this is between you and God. You hear me? You and God, and, uh, and hey, don't be looking around. Don't be looking around at who th- is a sin or not. Like, I just want you to raise your hand. Uh, some of you are getting nervous right now. You're like, oh, what's going on? Like, I just want you to raise your hand if you think it's a sin, or I want you to raise your hand if you don't think it's a sin. So I will, I will prompt you when to raise your hand and when not to, okay? So, so here we go, let's, let's, let's just have some fun in here. I'm gonna throw out a question and you're gonna raise your hand if it's a sin or if it's not a sin. Okay, here we go, y'all ready? Hey, looking straight at me, quit looking at each other. <laughs> y'all, hey, come on, y'all terrible. All right, here we go. Is it a sin for a Christian to go to a bar and drink? Raise your hand. Is it a sin for a Christian to go to a bar and, and drink? Okay, we got a few hands. Uh, even if it causes someone to stumble. Oh, we got a few more hands. <laughs> what, what, what about this? Hey, is it a Christian? Or excuse me. <laughs> is it a sin for a Christian uh, not to go to a bar and drink? I duped you. Oh, that, 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 was a, that was a joke. That was a joke. Okay, so is it a sin for a Christian to go to a bar and drink? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. All right, let's get a little bit more, a little bit more uh, hot. Is it a sin for a Christian female to wear a bikini? Raise your hand. (laughs) And all the guys are like, not me, not me, bro. Oh man, Uh, (laughs) is it a sin for a guy to make a shirtless thirst trap video on TikTok? Oh, oh, and all the ladies done outed you. Is it a sin just for a guy to make a a video shirtless? Hey, Porch Live, y'all better be playing along too. I'm watching. All right, number four. Is it a sin to spend the night at your girlfriend, boyfriend's house? Is it a sin to spend the night at your girlfriend, boyfriend's house? Raise your hand. Ah, someone said in the same bed? I don't know, in the same bed? Is it a sin to spend the night at your girlfriend, boyfriend's house in the same bed? Raise your hand. Okay, okay. 
Oh, man, we got some work to do. I'm playing, I'm playing. All right, here we go, number five. Is it a sin to smoke weed in states where it's legal? Is it a sin, raise your hand. Is it a sin to smoke weed in states where it's legal? Okay, we got a few more hands, okay. This question was actually 50-50. About 50% said, no, man, it's not a sin. 50% said, oh, it's a sin. All right, how about two more? Is it a sin to listen to explicit music? Raise your hand. Okay. Porch Live? Okay. Lastly, is it a sin? Raise your hand. Is it a sin to make out with your boyfriend, girlfriend? Raise your hand. Okay, and all the hands went. (laughs) Oh, man, this is going to be a fun night. All right, so, so for example, let me just give you some stats. Let me give you some percentages. For example, when it comes to sleeping with your boyfriend, girlfriend's house, 83%, no, it's not a sin. 17% said it was. 89% said it wasn't a sin for you to drink alcohol at a bar, while 11% said it was a sin. And again, let me just say it if you missed it. 50-50, 50% said it's a sin to smoke weed, even in states that illegalize it. 50% says, nah, man, it's not a sin. All right, so you guys are divided down the room on just that one topic and everyone else like, no, it's not a sin on all the others pretty much. All right, so you got that? Here's some other gray areas that y'all propose. Let me just just pull up the gram and and scroll through some. All right, y'all ready for this? So is it a sin? And then I'm going to fill in the blank. Getting a tattoo. Sleeping in the same bed with your significant other but not having sex. Moving in together after engagement, but living in separate rooms. That just sounds terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean I, I mean, I know you're trying to save money or something, but hey, hey, call your boy up and we can figure something else out. Uh, living with the opposite gender. Is it a sin to masturbate without porn? We getting real tonight. Uh, is it a sin to speed? in traffic, (laughs) and everybody just look for the exit. Everyone's just like, ah. Uh, A few more, man, I'm just gonna run quickly. Is it a sin to cuss, have plastic surgery, vape, buying expensive things, desiring success, getting a hair did, uh, not not to get her hair done. Uh, To not tithe, being tipsy, dancing with and kissing strangers, bumping and grinding, okay, I mean, uh, overeating, manifesting, gambling, and uh, working out to secular music. (laughs) Man, we we got some work to do. Hey, what I love about this, I love that we started here tonight. Like, I love the fact that we're talking about this. Listen, it's good that we're talking about these things because tonight, We want to dive into what we call gray areas. You know, those things in life that aren't always black and white. Like, here's the deal. For some of you, uh, the gray areas is a sin. But for others of you, like, real talk, like, gray areas, like, the things that we're going to propose tonight, it's, it's not a sin for you. Like, the classic example is alcohol. Let's just go there for a second. The classic example is alcohol. It's 100% clear from God's word. That's where we're going to be tonight. Uh, it's 100% clear that getting drunk is a sin. Like Ephesians 5.18 says this, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. In other words, that's sin, but be filled with the Spirit. But it's also clear that the Bible doesn't say anything about you not being able to drink, to have a drink. Like that's also clear. Like we have freedom to drink moderately, but there's times and I'll share even in my life later on in the message, there's times when it might not even be good for you to have a drink because that one drink is actually gonna lead you to intoxication, to drunkenness. And so, you know, it just depends on situation, people involved, and others would just say, hey, that's a gray area. So, so my aim tonight, you know, is, is really, even in the midst of gray areas like alcohol, I believe that the Bible is really, really clear on how we navigate these gray areas. And we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians tonight, pulling up to uh, chapter 6. We'll be in 6, 8, and 10. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can open it there. 
If you don't have a copy of God's Word every week, a physical copy, we want to give this as our gift to you. You can stop by the welcome desk on your way out in the town center and just say, hey, I would love to have a Bible, and that's just our gift to you. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 8, and 10 tonight. And I, I want to start out by just saying this up top. Like, we're going to dive into the Bible. Like, this is our source. Like, remember in, in class, like, the teacher, English teacher say, hey, cite your source. Like, we, we, we're going to cite our source tonight because our source is the Bible. And so I hear a lot of times people say, well, JP said this, or TA said this, or this person said this. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I believe in those men. Like, they're awesome. Like, man, those men disciple me, walk with me, help me become more of God's man. But if you're citing people more than you're citing God and his word, that could be problematic for you. And so I think sometimes we have a tendency just to follow mere men, and they're human too. They're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And so they would say, hey, point people back to my word. Point people back to God's word. And so that's where we're going to be tonight. We're going to be in God's word. And so let me say this as well. I believe that the Bible clearly defines right and wrong on many of life's issues. Like you can go to Exodus 20. That's where you see the Ten Commandments. Matthew 5, you see the, one of the greatest sermons that Jesus, I would just say the greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount where he addresses lust, adultery, murder, hatred in one's heart. We see in Exodus 20, there's the Ten Commandments. You know, thou shalt not covet, lie, steal. You know, just these issues that are very, very black and white. And so we believe that, hey, you know, Scripture is clear on a lot of things. We, we also believe, and I'm guilty of this, that there's something in all of our hearts. If you are here last week, JP just said, hey, sin is in all of our hearts. And the more we feed it, the more we're going to be drawn to those things. We also, I also believe, and I'm guilty of this, that I have a tendency to manipulate, bend, twist the truth, even to this day, with some issues. And it's most of the issues that, the issues that I struggle with, the sin that I struggle with, whether that be anger or, you know, lust, not, not bouncing my eyes when I see someone. Like, I just, there's, a, there's something in me that's like, oh, you know, just one look, you know, I, I see, it's okay. Just to want to manipulate and bend and, and, and not just be straight up with what God's word says. And, and I think the same, if you're, if you're true to yourself, if you really would examine your own heart tonight, you'd be like, yeah, I think that's in me as well. One more thing before we dive in, I want to caution us because I think there's a tendency in us all to fall in one or two camps. The first camp we, we, we fall into as we're looking at gray areas is the camp of legalism. And so like this was the Pharisees, these were the Sadducees of Jesus' day, and he called them out. The word legalism is just this, where you, you take God's word and, 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 and not only do you obey the command, but then you add more commands to that command. Like, like you just, you start adding more rules to the rules that God's given you. And sometimes that's good. Like, I don't want to fault anyone. If you're here, you're like, yeah, I do that because I want to get far, as far away from the sin as possible so it doesn't hook me, right? But if we had to be honest tonight, some of us, we, we like adding more rules because we like looking down at people that don't do the things that we do. And so, so we, we, we are quick to judge other people. Like we look at people and we're like, well, they don't drink what I drink. They don't wear what I wear. They don't listen to the music that I listen to. And so we just cast judgment on them. And, and that's, that, that can be very legalistic where you just add more rules because, hey, you struggle with something. They might not struggle with that thing. And so what they're entertaining, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hook them. But what you might entertain would hook you back to an unhealthy place. And instead of just pulling up a seat at the table and just saying, hey, help me understand how you got there, how you got there to make that decision. Like what if, what if this room, just this room right here, we let out with curiosity versus condemnation. Now, we, weren't, we weren't just curious to like... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know why you did that thing or why you made that decision or why you wear that. And, and, and as soon as I hear why you did that, I'm going to condemn you. No, we were just curious. Like, help me, help me understand how you got there. Like, truly, we had that as the posture of our heart. Like, I think it would go a lot further with people to understand how they got there. 
And, and, and I think we just don't do that enough, and it grieves me, especially us Christians in the room, where we're just quick to cast stones at people because they don't look like we look. They might not act like we act. They might not do the things that we do. I think the other camp, if we're not careful, we, we will have a tendency to bend to uh, what, what, what I would call is licentiousness. It, it's this idea um, that we swing the pendulum to the other side and what the Bible calls sin, we just, we just call it a gray area. This is where we turn the grace of God into licentiousness. This is where you believe the more you sin, the more you allow God to shower you with his grace, twisting what grace really is. You're like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. It's, it's my thing. You know, you have a thing. I have a thing. It's my thing. But, you know, God's grace is going to cover me. And Paul says something to that in Romans 6. He says, hey, should you continue to sin so that grace may abound? And he says, by no means. By no means should you do that. But, but some of us, we, we have a tendency of what the Bible would call black and white. We would say, no, it's gray. And that grieves me. That grieves me because some of us, man, we, we, we are the only Bible that some people will ever read. By the way you live your life, by the way you talk, by the way you respond to criticism and gossip, sometimes that's the only Bible that people will ever read. And, and, and we miss it because we think we're owed that response. And so uh, I would say another temptation will always be to give a rule instead of proposing questions because that's easier. Um, I, I want to propose some questions for you to ask. Like some of you are going to be really, really upset with me tonight because you're like, you didn't give me the answer, bro. And I'm like, I'm, I know, but I'm giving you some questions to ask so that you would, it would lead you back to the heart of God. Like Jesus didn't come just to give you rules, he came to give you a relationship. And I'm going to propose a few questions tonight that will hopefully lead you back to a relationship with him. If I just give you a rule, then you just get to leave here and go obey the rule. And you probably won't obey the rule. And so I want to just propose some questions. Instead of saying, hey, never have a sip of alcohol. Wear turtlenecks and baggy pants for the rest of your life. Right? Like that would be, that'd be weird, bro. Uh, you know, another one would be never kiss in a dating relationship. Only listen to Christian worship music, right? Like that, like that's not leading you to wrestle with the heart of God. And then I would say, secondly, that's not leading you back to God's people, what we call community here. I preached a few weeks ago, what is biblical community? It, finding people that you can run with. I have two men down here, down front that... I run with every single week, man. They know me and I know them. And I propose these questions to, to them when, when there's issues or there's decisions that I'm making. And they're like, hey, based on what I know of you, bro, that's really good. I think you should do it. Based on what I know of you, I don't, I don't think you should. So here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me give you a little bit of context. When you read 1 Corinthians, you will find a culture and a group of people who are asking similar kinds of questions in their day surrounding faith and culture. Questions like, is it okay to drink alcohol? Is it a sin for women to wear certain clothes slash jewelry? Can I eat meat sacrificed to idols? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Paul has been called by God to speak God's word 2,000 plus years ago. And I believe that we're going to pull up to a few texts tonight that is still as relevant as it was back then in 2023, right here at the porch. So buckle up, here we go. In any situation, time, place, event, activity, task, action, whatever it is, ask yourself these four questions. Here we go, question number one. Is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Where do I get this from? 1 Corinthians 6.12, the first part of the verse. God is saying through Paul, all things are lawful for me. So, hey, I, I can do all things. Like, I, I, you know, they're lawful, they're right. But not all things are helpful. Some of your translations might say beneficial, good for you. And so Paul's saying, hey, 
is what I'm about to do, is this going to be helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually in my relationship with Jesus? Okay, so I'm going to run through these questions and then we're going to, you know, put some application to it. Question number two, same verse, but second half of it. Question two says this, does it bring me under its power? Does it bring me under its power? 1 Corinthians 6, 12, second part of it says this, all things are lawful for me. Paul's like, yeah, I can, I can do all things, but I will not be dominated by anything. In other words, I'm not gonna be mastered by anything. I'm not gonna be a slave to this thing. Is it going to hook me, he's saying? Is it going to take me out? Is what I'm about to do, is, am, I gonna, am I going to uh, fall more in love with that than Christ himself? Anything we can't give up owns us. And now it's just become an idol in our life. You, you, you understand that? Any, anything that I can't give up, like think about it. Anything I can't give up, my car, my house, my wife were to pass away, my kids, like it, it, it owns me. Like I might have just put them on the, the, the pedestal of my worship. Like that's tough. Like my wife and I, man, we have questions or we, yeah, we propose questions to each other. We have discussions around what would happen because we don't want to ultimately be hooked to a point of, man, it's, that could happen. We live in a broken world and hey, but, but we, we, we've read the rest of the book. So we have hope. And so anything that I can't give up ultimately is an idol in my life and, and in your life. So, hey, ask the question, is it going to dominate my life? Does it bring me under its power? Question number three, does it hurt others? Does it hurt others? First Corinthians 8, starting in verse 8, and we'll just run through to 13. Paul says this, it's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it, and we don't gain anything if we do. So basically the context of this passage is meat sacrificed to idols. Paul's like, hey, man, there's only one true God. Like these, you know, the meat that they're sacrificing to these gods, like it doesn't really matter because they're not real gods, only one God. But I get it, you know, if, if it's going to cause my brother to stumble, then I won't eat meat again. You're about to hear, see, hear that in this text. He says in verse 9, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? So because of your superior knowledge, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. Verse 12, and when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. Wow. That's, that's, that's a big statement. And then verse 13, so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. It's all in the name of, hey, will this hurt my fellow brother? Or will this hurt my fellow sister? One that maybe is weaker in their conscience. They, they just maybe have come to Christ and they see you out doing something that maybe is confusing, whatever the case may be. Paul's just saying, hey, I give it up. Because ultimately I want to win my brother or sister and I want them to be spurred on in their relationship with Christ. Number four, does it glorify God? Does it glorify God? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And 33, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. It's not this type of people pleasing that, that, you, that we think when we read that. It's like, no, because even Galatians 1.10 says, am I trying to win the approval of others or of Christ? If I was trying to win the approval of others, then I'd never be a servant of Christ. He's saying, no, I'm, I want to win other people over to Christ. Not so they like me, but so that they love Christ. And so that's, that's what he's talking about in this context. So he says, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just try to do what's best for me. I do what's best for others. What's the motivation? So that they may be saved. And so the last question that we should ask, does it glorify God? 
Does it glorify God? So in summary, is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Does it bring me under its power? Does it hurt others? And does it glorify God? Now, you might be asking, okay, how does this play out in those gray areas that you shared earlier or what we might think is a gray area? I would just say this. Hey, the bedrock again is God's word. So you got to start there. Hey, does God's word explicitly say something about this question I have? And I'm, I'm telling you, more times than not, it's going to have something to say about it, okay? But in those isolated cases, what we call gray areas, if it doesn't have much to say, then these are questions that you should ask. So let's do some application. Listening to secular music. Okay, you've had a long day. It was a frustrating day. You turn on the Spotify playlist when you get in your car. You go to a rap song and it's hooking up with girls, explicit language. Let me ask, do you need more of the world in that moment? Or do you need more of like the kingdom of God in that moment? Like is that, is that going to hook you to a place of, hey, I need, to get, I need to hit a release. So, hey, Tinder, where you at? You know, like, like, like I just need a quick hookup. Like is that going to lead you to that place or is it going to lead you to, you know, hey, being able to filter all that, right? And, and, and not go down places that would end in sin for you. Is it, is it going to lead you to not glorify God? That's the last question, but let's just go back up through it. Does it is it going to hurt others? Probably not. You're in the car jamming out to whatever you jam out to on your Spotify playlist. Does it bring me under its power? Maybe. Maybe not. You've you got to ask yourself. I love what JP said last week. The heart wants what it, what it wants. No, he said. He said the heart wants what you feed it. And so... Whatever you feed your heart with, it has a tendency to possibly do that very thing that you're feeding. But I know that there's some mature believers that, hey, have a, have a great filter. And it's not going to lead them to that place of sin. And so you've got to ask yourself, does it, is it going to bring me under its power? Is it, helpfully, is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Am I advocating that all you do is listen to Christian music? No. Can you listen to secular music and still glorify God? Maybe, possibly, ask yourself these four questions. Then go to your community and say, hey, based on what you know of me, do you think it's okay for me to listen to T-Swift? More on that later. <laughs> Is it okay for, for me to listen to Drake? Is it okay for, you, for me to listen to, you know, just secular artists, artists that aren't necessarily pointing to God, but, but they're also not pointing to the devil either, Right? So, so you got to determine based on these four questions. All right, let's, let's do another one. Drinking alcohol at a bar. Now, let me, let me just say this. we got to define drunkenness and even tipsiness, I think, in this, in this room. Okay? <laughs> and you're like, oh, he, just did, he, did not, he ain't going to call it tipsiness, right? Like, I, I want to give it a little swerve, right? Like, I mean, just, I'm just, I just, just, a, just a little something. Hey, you wrestle with the scriptures. I'm the messenger, right? Don't shoot me. I, I'm here just, Ephesians 5.18. Put that back up on the screen. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so you tell me. I don't know what your limit is. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not getting into those nuances, okay? If you alter your mind in any way, can you fully be filled with the Spirit? I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. You have to determine that, right? Like, you need to go through the list. Is this helpful physically, mentally, spiritually? Is it going to bring me under its power? Does it hurt others? Does it glorify God? I'll just tell you, I'm seven, 16 years into following Jesus. Uh, before Christ, I was nearly an alcoholic. And when I came to Christ, it's not like everything just clean, cleaned up and I never had a drink. And so I would go out even after, hey, I'm, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And, you know, I would drink. And sometimes that would lead me to drunkenness. Well, fast forward, just one too many times of drunkenness. So for me, I, it was bringing me under its power. So for the next five years, I just said, hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to cut it off. 
I'm going to starve my flesh of this, of this privilege. Because the Bible doesn't say, hey, you can't drink. But for me, I couldn't because it led to an unhealthy place. And so you have to determine, not just you and God in the scriptures, but you need to let some other trusted voices into your life that can help make that decision. Because I think the tendency for us is like, yeah, check, I, I'm good. <laughs> and we're just not very thoughtful in widening that circle and maybe asking people, right, that know us and we know them. And, and they can help make that decision for us and give you some more thoughtful questions to possibly ask based on your track history, right? And so, you know, you should ask questions like, are you running to alcohol as a means of escape because you're stressed? Like God is, have you ever thought of like, hey, maybe God is allowing stress to build up in your life so you run to him. Maybe God is allowing anxiousness to build up in your life so you take that to him. Maybe, maybe God is allowing worry and just things that are going on in your world to pile up so you don't go to an untrusted source. You don't give power to a false God or a false idol, like this thing that you think is going to take the edge off. And it will for a minute, maybe for an evening, but then you wake up to the same problems. Maybe God is saying, hey, enough of that. Like, I want to be your source. I want to be your life. I want to be your fulfillment. I want to show you that I can be the Prince of Peace in your life. Uh, let, me, let me say this, because I think it's easy just to pick on people that struggle with alcohol. Pick on people that don't struggle with the same things we do. Like we want to high side some of us as Christians and be like, uh, alcohol, all the while you can't go a day without your caffeine. And if you ain't had, oh, now I'm meddling. Now I'm stepping on some toes. <laughs> I'm talking to myself in this, and I love some coffee. But, but you don't have your coffee and you're, man, you are snarky and you're, man, you're short with people and you're like, don't talk to me, haven't had my coffee. And it's like, wait a minute, anything that you can't live without is now potentially controlling you. It, it, it's hooked you and you're relying more on that caffeine than Christ himself. And so I'm just, again, I'm just asking questions. I don't want to just give you rules. I want you to wrestle with Jesus. He's about relationship. And he's about giving you life and life abundantly. Some of you, let's talk about food for a second. Comfort food. I mean, gluttony. Like We don't talk about that much in the church. But are you running to that food as a source of life for you? As, as to take the edge off? Like, you got to ask yourself, what is my relationship like with food? Is that taking the place of God right now in my life? Like, uh, let's, let's, let's move. We got, we got a few more I want to cover. Uh, number three, the Taylor Swift concert coming to Dallas. <laughs> let's just talk about all things, like media, Netflix, like... Uh, R-rated, you know, mature TV show. Let's just talk about all that. But specifically, our staff team was having this conversation about Taylor Swift. And half of our staff bought Taylor Swift concert tickets. Like, and I'm sure more than half of you did too. And that's just what you do. And uh, some of you are trying to recover from JP's message last week where he called this out as well. But let me give you some more handles for this. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, hey, going to a Taylor Swift concert is necessarily wrong in and of itself. Because I was kind of pushing back and asking, hey, is it helpful physically, mentally, spiritually? Is it going to bring you under its power? The things that are happening at that concert, does it hurt others? Does it glorify? Like, are you going to be able to glorify God there? Like, she's probably at some point going to dance like a stripper. Is that going to hook you, right? Like, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's what one guy says. I'm like, oh, okay, let's talk about that, bro. <laughs> so, so, so but, but, then, but then they just said, well, well, Josiah, hey, do you go to NFL games? Do you watch the NFL? Yeah. I love sports. 
Well, what about the cheerleaders when they start dancing on the, on the TV? Like, do you bounce your eyes? I try to. <laughs> no, I do, for real. But, you know, but, but it's, it's hard, you know what I'm saying? Or you go to a Dallas Stars game or whatever, the ice girls, right? I'm like, I got my little one. I'm like, we ain't sitting next to, hey, we're not sitting on that side of the ice. We're, we're, we're going to sit right here in the middle, right? And, and um, hey, baby, uh, let's get the Bible app open real quick because, you know, it, but, but, but that, that's a really good point because they were just saying, hey, I, that's not going to hook me. That's not going to bring me under its power. Like, I can filter that. And so, again, I don't want to just throw out a blanket rule for you to be controlled, because that's what people think, man. If you're here, welcome. You're not a Christian. You're checking out this Jesus thing. Man, Christianity is all about these rules and just to try to control people. That's not what it's about. It's about giving you life. It's about you understanding who Christ is, why he says what he says about certain things, so that you would have life and have it to the full. And so you got to ask yourself these questions when it comes to media, when it comes to entertainment, like, are, are you going to be okay if you ask these questions? Then go, go, go be free, man. Go enjoy it for the glory of God. And, and, and try your best not to entertain what would be evil and sinful. Let's keep going. You're like, what's he going to say next? Sleeping at your boyfriend, girlfriend's house, making out even. Okay, so your friends are going out to hang. It would be the best case scenario for you with your significant other who struggles crossing boundaries to go hang out with them in a group, go out and enjoy Dallas. But you're like, man, I'm tired. It's been a long week of work. Let's order takeout. Let's have a movie night. And then all of a sudden... You just happen to fall asleep and you wake up, it's 2 a.m. Well, I can't, I can't go home now. Like, I, it would be dangerous because I'm overly exhausted, right? <laughs> and, and again, like, you're not going to find in God's word, hey, uh, never spend the night at your boyfriend or girlfriend's house. Like, it's just not in the Bible, right? But again, you've got to ask yourself the question, is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Does it bring me under its power? Is it going to hurt others? Does it glorify God? Let me, let me just, per, let me get back to personally. My wife and I were, I, I got married in my 30s, y'all. So I got married a lot later. You would think that, you know, your boy would grow up and grow in his faith. And, you know, but I, well, I, I had a house and, you know, I had a roommate, but, you know, he was worthless when it came to holding me accountable. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> And, and, you know, we, we, we flirted with this idea. And so a lot of times our flesh just got in the way. And I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Can I just keep it 100 tonight? Is that cool? All right, cool. Yeah. And we were just dating. And we were just, you know, uh, you know, at times we're like, hey, let's date in public. And let's date with big groups of people and friends. And other times you just get lazy, right? And, and listen, like we, we did a really good job. I would just say, yes, yeah, she probably spent the night, because there was times she left at three, four. You might as well just say, yeah, she's spending the night at your house. And we won, we won the battle for a long time. Like, hey, we're good. But the more and more we gave into that, hey, just, just come over, we'll be okay, we're good. The more and more we gave into that, we crossed physical boundaries. And some of you right now is like, man, what's the big deal? Here, here, here's what the big deal is. Let me just take 30 seconds. Are you going to lust after a woman or a man after you get married? Thank you. <laughs> yes, you will. And so if all you do is tell yourself, hey, I have a lustful desire. I'm going to give into it at any point. You're feeding something. You're just going to keep giving into it. You're just going to keep saying, hey, hey we're, we're practically married, but we're really not married and, and, and what you're doing is you're not, you're not practicing patience and self-control. Are you going to need patience and self-control in marriage? Yes. And to the degree you say no to your flesh now in dating and practice that patience and self-control, that's going to carry over in marriage because you're going to need it. And also it's going to breed trust because your, your, your woman or your man is going to look at you and be like, hey, even though we, we struggled well, even though there's moments that we gave in, hey, 
for the most part, man, we, we fought for purity. I don't have to worry about whether you're out with the boys or you're out with the girls, what you're doing. Because you proved it when we were in dating and when we were engaged. Amen? Amen. And so that's God's heart behind it. He's not just trying to rip you off. He's not trying to sell you short, bro. Like he's trying to give you life. He's trying to give you, he, he doesn't want you to be a statistic. It's a coin flip on whether your marriage is going to last or not. And I, I want to fight against that. And by God's grace, I did. And so we, we finally just put up the boundaries just saying, hey, we're just not going to do that anymore. Even though you have a house and I have an apartment here in Dallas, we're just, we're just not going to do it. And so we had to invite community in and they had to call us at like, you know, awkward times, night, making sure that, you know, we were hanging out at a coffee shop or dating in public, whatever it was. And, and it was hard. But you know what it did? It drove us to marriage. It drove us to put a ring on it. Amen. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, man, I, I'm, I, gotta, I got, let's just do two more. Do two more. Man, there's a lot. I hope this is helpful. All right, bikini for girls, shirtless pics for guys, just the outer appearance. You could say guys got to get a fade every two weeks, shoes, fillers, lash extensions, acrylic nails, spray tape, the whole thing, like just the outer, you know, appearance, right? I, listen, I'm not giving you a rule. I'm giving you these questions. Is it helpful physically, mentally, and spiritually? Is it going to bring you under its power? Does it hurt others? Does it glorify God? I'm not here to be your Holy Spirit. I'm here to push you back to him so that you wrestle with these questions because you know, you know what your heart really wants. You know why you want that thing. In the name of body positivity or this is what everyone else done, you kind of justified your actions in wearing this or going here or buying that, but deep down you really want the attention from the opposite sex. You really want that guy to slide into your DMs or, or guys, you, like you just want that, that, that girl to gawk over you and, and, and tell you how great you are and, 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 and you, you, you just want, um, you want someone to gas you up because you've been in that gym looking good and you've lost your 20 pounds and you're down to 10% body, whatever, whatever it is, right? And listen, there's something in me that wants that. And, 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 and I'm just saying, what's the motivation of your heart? These things aren't bad in and of themselves, but, but the motivation of your heart can tell everything. And so, you know, is there any real reason to show that much body to anyone other than just to kind of get praise? I don't, I don't know. I'm not with you. And, you know, some, some of you might say, well, it's more of a, it's, it's not more of a me problem. It's more of a them problem, right? Like, I'm not trying to win their approval. No, you're not. You're not. I, I can see how you got there. The only problem with that is when I look at what Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, it just says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you Look not only to the interest of yourself, but also for the interest of others. And so this is the, the question that I think a lot of us just need to ask is, hey, is it going to hurt others? Like Paul just says, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to eat meat again if it's going to cause my brother to stumble. Like you just need to look at the motivation of your heart. You need to bring this to community and just say, hey, what do you think about this? Is this legalistic? Or is this leading me to you know, just sin and, and I'm good with it because I've made it a gray area. Last, last one. Smoking weed in states where it's legal. This was like the 50-50, right? 50% of you said, hey, go for it. 50% said, no, it's a sin. Even though I, I believe most people, like they don't let borders stop them of smoking weed, Right? Um, I can see how you get there. Like some of you have this mindset, well, it, it's okay to have that glass of wine, you know, or that, that beer, or that, you know, liquor at 21. It's okay for me to hit this blunt. And, and again, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, like, 
Is it more to help you with your, um, is, is it really to help you with your anxiety and sleep? Or if you had to be honest, you like how you feel and it allows you to check out of reality. I don't think Ephesians 5, 18 is just for alcohol. I think it's for a lot of different things. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Can you be filled with the Spirit and filled with weed? I, I would love to have that discussion. Like, I, I genuinely, I'm, I want to learn. Because I, I don't want you to do anything that would suppress the Spirit of God in you. Because he's our guide. Like, the Bible says that when you commit your life to Jesus, he gives you another power so that you would submit to that power and not to the ways of the world's power. And so you gotta, you gotta ask yourself those questions. You gotta ask yourself. In closing, um, there's a lot of others we could do, but I, I hope this was helpful. But I think in closing, if we had to be honest with ourselves, if we had to be honest with ourselves tonight, a lot of the gray areas in our life, they're prob God's word probably has to say something about them. Like, in other words, it's probably a sin. Like, like, like the temptation is for us to make all the gray areas of our life, you know, and, and the Bible is very, very clear that, hey, not all sin is, is, is gray areas and not all gray areas is sin. But I think for some of us, we want to make all gray areas gray. And, and I, I, don't, I don't see that in my Bible fully. And so what I see in my Bible is this, that there is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3. What I see in my Bible, Romans 3, 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What I see in my Bible is, is Jesus stepping onto the scene and he says, hey, I am the way, John 14, 6. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man or woman comes to God except through me, comes to the Father except through me. And so in a world of relativism, yeah, relativism, where you have your truth, I have my truth, God, through the person of Christ, debunks that. The, the God who reset the calendar on your phone. The, the, the God who said, hey, I'm going to come down for sinful men and women because I see that this world is chaotic and it's filled with pain. It's filled with suffering. It's filled with, with things that, that, that don't point the glory back to me. And newsflash, like God is a glory thief. Like he's created you. In everything that we do, we're either worshiping him or we're worshiping self. And he will have no rivals. Like he's a jealous God. But he says, in the midst of your sin and my sin, I'm going to send Jesus. And we're about to celebrate him in just a few weeks. We celebrate him every week, but specifically on Easter. And Jesus came over 2,000 years ago in flesh. And he was raised in wisdom and stature, the Bible says. And he grew up and he was without sin. He was perfect in thought, word, and action. The areas of my life that I fall short in every day. And the Bible says that he went to a cross. He hung there because the wages of sin is death. Like somebody had to pay for your sin and my sin. Like, have you thought about that? Like who's gonna pay for your sin? Jesus can pay for your sin. And the Bible says in that moment, the wrath and the judgment that should have been poured out on you and me was poured out on him. And he soaked up every last ounce of that wrath and judgment. And three days later, what we celebrate on Easter is he defeated sin and death. You tell me another religion that teaches that. That's what separates Christianity from all other religion. All other religions teach, hey, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get to God. And God said, no, 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 I did it all for you. And so you can't do enough to get to me. And so you've been saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift from God so that no man may boast. And so in this moment, 
There's certain things that God says are black and white because they're not gonna give you life. And some of you, like you're, you're gonna check out and you'll be like, nah, man, I, I know, I, got, I found life. And you're just gonna have to learn the hard way, like I had to do for 20 something years of my life. And you're gonna get to the end of your rope and I hope that you don't forget this message of the gospel, that God loves you so much that you're never too far gone that his grace will meet you now, tomorrow, or in the days ahead if he decides to ordain your life and let you live that long. And three days later, scripture says in history records that he rose again from the dead to defeat it. And now the world celebrates for years and years to come the one who is and the one who will come again. He's coming back, y'all. I, I, like I read this book, I read the end, he's coming back. And he's, he's coming back for his bride, the church. What, what, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Because at the end of the day, like it's all about him. It's all about him. And so let's not get caught up in silly arguments and things that don't matter for all of eternity. Let's, let's, let's be men and women of the book. Let's be men and women who pursue Jesus. Let's be men and women who don't throw stones and condemn, but pull a seat up at the table when people don't look like us, act like us, maybe dress like us, do the things that we would do. And let's lead them in a way that Christ would lead them. Like Christ hung out with sinners. You know that, right? But he didn't, he wasn't controlled by that. And so he's here to propose questions from his word that will hopefully be a guide for you. And so I just encourage you to ask these four questions in the days ahead. And may we be a people who love him with all of our heart, our mind, and our strength. And if we do that, then go do whatever you want. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then go do whatever you want. Let me pray that we would tonight. God in heaven, you're a good daddy. I know there's people in this space that aren't trusting that you're a good daddy, but I pray that they would see you tonight in some way. And God, you would meet them right where they are and that you would do your greatest work and that you would go before us in this place and we would be more equipped to navigate sin to navigate the gray areas of life and just to be more of your men and women. So take ground in those places of our heart that you need to take ground in for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.